Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Matt Pittman, and this is Bay Current for Friday, May 6th. One of the most important pieces of broad scientific research on access to abortion and women's reproductive rights, the Turnaway Study, originated right here in the Bay Area. Over 10 years, the research group Advancing New Standards in Reproductive Health, more commonly known by its acronym, ANSWER, had a team of researchers that included obstetricians, psychiatrists, sociologists, and economists who interviewed more than 1,000 women from 30 abortion clinics across the United States who sought abortions, then tracked these patients in the years that followed, laying out a first-of-its-kind look at how access to abortion impacted women's lives. And that was really a remarkable achievement in the history of abortion research. That's Carol Joffe, a professor of sociology at UCSF. As a sociologist, Carol has dedicated much of her life to women's reproductive health. Since the late 1970s. Carol serves at UCSF's Bixby Center for Global Reproductive Health here in San Francisco. The Turnaway team compared women who got abortions that they were seeking and compared them to a group of women who wanted to get abortions uh, but were turned away because they were over the gestational limit at the clinic they went to. So we know uh, from this study, we know a lot about what are the consequences of getting an abortion and not getting one. And sure enough, those who got the abortions that they wanted fare better along a variety of dimensions. What are some of those indicators that show that a woman who exercises her choice to have an abortion, what that means for her quality of life, short-term and long-term, and conversely, Carol, what it means for women who don't have the access to this service and what happens to them? So in brief, what was found is those who got abortions turned out to be economically better off than those who didn't. Those who got abortions were uh, less likely to remain with a a violent partner. Uh, And here for me was the really for me the most significant finding. Um, This because the study took place over time, um, the research team was able to track uh, the impact on children, uh, the children that those who were turned away had because they couldn't get an abortion. Uh, compared to the children that those who got an abortion had at a later time when they were actually ready to, to have children. And um, what, what the researchers found, um, no surprise, was that there was a much better child-parent bond uh, with, the, with the people who had gotten their abortion and then had children later when they were felt more ready to uh, take care of them. Yeah. And the, the bonding was better. And the, I mean, this is, for me, extraordinarily important. Uh, but Matt, I want to say uh, one other thing, if I may. Sure. Uh, it is true that those who got their abortions were better off financially 
uh, than those who didn't. Carol went out of her way to point out to me that access to abortion doesn't guarantee financial freedom or promises of changes in a woman's socioeconomic status. And that's largely because many times, about half the time, poverty and a woman's choice to get an abortion are inextricably linked. 50% of all abortion patients uh, live below the poverty line. Another 25% we we can classify as working poor. So um, these are among the most marginalized women in our society. I should say the most marginalized people in our society. Um, And, you know, in that, I I have been very heartened to see in the last couple days, ever since the the, uh, decision was announced, I have been very heartened to see across the country demonstrations like we had here in San Francisco, people protesting. But I really hope this will, I mean, this spirit of protest will remain uh, because, not to sound cynical, but I think when you have uh, an issue that mainly affects the most marginalized people in our society, uh, you know, it leads me to wonder whether people, whether the rest of the country will really be there for them. Will Mm -hmm. people vote on this when they know it really, it doesn't, for the most part, doesn't affect uh, them, but but really only the most, mar- again, the most marginalized people in our society. We don't take very good care of poor people in this country, and I'm not, uh, and I hope that doesn't come across as a, you know, too much of a, an opinion or a, a political statement. I think that it's, it's a fact that's, that's pretty <laughs> it's well borne fa- out. It's a, it's a fact. Right. And so if we're telling women that you cannot make the choice to terminate your pregnancy, even very early in your, your pregnancy, and all of a sudden, are, we're, we're going to, it just stands to reason that we're going to see an influx of, of population growth uh, over the course of, of years. And, and you're bringing children into uh, less than optimal socioeconomic conditions. What are the ramifications for that in the short and long term? Uh, well, you're very correct, Matt, to raise the issue of uh, inequality. Um, and we live in a society that's profoundly unequal. I mean, we have, you know, we have a a tiny number of billionaires who control an extraordinary amount of wealth, and we have too many people living below the poverty line. Um, Not having access to abortion is only going to make this situation worse. I, I worry about the public health implications. What does it mean that we're going to have, uh, Many, we're going to have many pregnancies uh, to women who don't have access to prenatal care in many cases, who themselves may be sick and not good candidates for being pregnant. Uh, one is 14 times more likely to die in childbirth than one is having an abortion, mm. which is not a reason that people who want to be pregnant and want to have children should, should not do that, but just a reminder that forcing women who don't want to be pregnant and for whom there is a health risk is not good public policy. So we'll have a lot of sickly women. Um, We will have a lot of children born into circumstances, um, you know, that are not receptive to them. They will be born to parents uh, who will not be able to adequately care for them. Uh, so it, this will just add to the burdens that many people living below the poverty line 
already experienced. And, and let me, if I may, Matt, say one more thing. Um, a, another thing that I deeply worried about is what will happen to, to women who are pregnant, maybe who wish to be pregnant, the, who are wanted pregnancy, but then something goes horribly wrong. Right. Uh, they, let, they, let's say they get very, very sick. Uh, and that, I mean, tragically that happens. Uh, let's say they're in red states. Uh, in theory, in theory, there should be, an, I mean, most abortion bans carry an exception if there's a threat to the life of the mother. But what people need to understand is that that often is a very subjective uh, judgment. I mean, uh, what, when a woman is very ill, doctors may agree, yeah, she's very <laughs> ill. Uh, but one doctor may say, you know, I think she's going to die in a matter of days or maybe even today. Another doctor might say, no, uh, I don't think so. Um, I think she'll, she'll pull out of this. Very often these judgments are colored by their own views on abortion. Um, so we're going to, I mean, to put it in the bluntest terms, Matt, I think we're going to see women die. We're going to see women in hospitals who are very sick. And while the doctors argue and while the hospital lawyer argues and while the hospital ethicist, are, well, all these people are meeting in committees arguing, this woman is going to die. Thank you again to Professor Carol Jaffe from UCSF and the Bixby Center for Global Reproductive Health. And thank you for listening. New episodes of Bay Current are out every day, and we'd love to be part of your daily routine. You could subscribe on the Odyssey app, and we are now on Spotify. You can find us there, as well as Apple Podcasts or just about anywhere else you listen. And we're on YouTube, on the KCBS Radio YouTube page. That's it for today's Bay Currents. I'm Matt Pittman, and we'll chat with you on Monday. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t